Welcome to the Balance Bod Pod, where we talk about all things balancing life and health so you can have your cake and eat it too. Or your donuts or your pizza or whatever your thing is. But seriously, health is the greatest gift that we have and it does not have to come at the cost of enjoying the fun parts of life. So through the podcast, we're going to explore and experience for ourselves what balance truly looks like in our own lives. Stay tuned. Welcome back to episode 23 of the Balanced Bod Pod. Today we are talking about self-sabotage, but first I am Corinne Graustra, holistic health coach, podcaster, and blogger, helping you find your balance one step at a time. And I really just want to share today that it does not have to be so complicated. Everybody is making it so dang complicated to just eat healthy and feel your best. And it just doesn't have to be that way. So if you're new here, I'm so excited to have you. I just, that's kind of my, my shtick. That's anything. I just want to share in a million different words on why it doesn't have to be so complicated and how health can be kind of the best of all worlds and how you really truly can find your balance between health and life, which it's kind of the elusive thing that everybody seems to be looking for and people have kind of given up on. So I'm urging you, don't give up on it. It exists, it's out there, and you can have it. But with that, let's talk today. We're going to talk a lot about self-sabotage. So first of all, how to tell if you're doing self-sabotage, and then of course, how to stop it. Because we're not just here to identify, but let's figure it out. Let's do something about it so it doesn't keep coming up for us, right? You kind of know how that's how we work here. So first things first, self-sabotage is one of those things that needs a little digging to understand fully. First of all, let's talk about what it is. At its core, self-sabotage is doing things that don't seem to align with your goals and that it keeps you stuck where you are. It looks like being 10 pounds from your goal and losing all drive to go to the gym or procrastinating on the things you really need to do. There are an unlimited amount of ways that it shows up in our lives and sometimes it's actually pretty sneaky and hard to identify. It's that feeling of kind of like, well, I I just don't know. I'm just not feeling it today for like 10 days in a row, right? It's just, that's kind of where that is and that's how that can sometimes be really sneaky. So on its face, self-sabotage doesn't seem to make sense. I will say that it will be very clear. It's like, what the heck? Like, I want this thing really badly, but I seem to be getting in my own way. Like, what is the deal here? Do I want to be miserable forever or what? Like, why can't I just get it together? We've all been there and done that, right? I get it. And I am in the same spot. I am part of the 99% that deal with this. But also, we have to understand where this is coming from. As uncomfortable as you are right now, you subconsciously know that you're safe. Feeling stagnant in your life isn't going to kill you, but it's just not going to be that much fun. (laughs) So even when we go for the goals that don't seem crazy or far out, they're still going outside your comfort zone. And that's uncomfortable, which is shocking, I know. Even when the goal brings us to a place that is exponentially better than where we are right now, it's still unknown and uncomfortable. And we naturally operate off of the following principles as humans. Are you ready? It's very complex conversations we're going to have here right now, right? New equals bad and dangerous. Safe equals good. Mind blown. Yes. (laughs) Literally anything new is bad and dangerous and anything safe that we are already doing, as miserable as it may make us, is good. These are the natural principles that we operate off of. And it, I know sounds crazy right now. And it's kind of like, well, why can't I just deal with this? And we can get over this. We can work around this as kind of the second part of our episode here today. But 
new equals bad and dangerous because we don't know what it is. It could be amazing, but it also could kill us, right? Theoretically. And safe equals good. Again, no matter how miserable you are, you know that right where you're at, you're not dying. (laughs) It's not dangerous in the immediate moment. And so as surviving the human race is kind of a big deal, and we want to make sure that we continue to do that, we will naturally unconsciously go for these things just because that's what will perpetuate us as a species. However, we're kind of at this place now in history where we don't have to do all that in order to be successful. And and actually, this is this holds us back from getting to some better places that could give us more opportunities and make our lives even grander. And so it's kind of this paradox, right? It's like, I don't, I, I'm scared of moving forward subconsciously, but also that's what I need to do in order to be more successful and have a better life for myself. So a couple things here is how to tell if you're self-sabotaging. Now, this is a yes, no situation. So go ahead. There's five questions and I want you to answer yes or no to the following out loud. Are you ready? Number one, do I get really close to my goal and lose steam? Number two, do I justify excessive unhealthy choices, nutritional or otherwise, because I'm close to my goal? Number three, do I feel like passing out when I imagine my life when I meet my goal, which this may be particularly true for huge goals like career changes, etc. Do I procrastinate, number four, on the things that I need to do for no reason? And number five, do I find reasons to not do what I know will help me to get ahead? If you said yes to any of the above, you're probably self-sabotaging and welcome to the 99%. (laughs) So a concept that we're going to talk a lot about today is fear. And I know that this may not be what's driving some of us, but I do know this is driving many of us. So I just want to share a story that I actually shared uh, in the limiting beliefs episode as well, eight steps to overcoming your limiting beliefs. And it's this idea of this rock climbing thing that I had. So a couple a handful of years ago, I'm afraid of heights. Well, I was afraid of heights. No, I'm still afraid of heights. Let's just be real. So I am, I'm, I want to be very adventurous, but I have a lot of fear in my life. And so I'm like, well, I can't go too fast. I can't go too high. I can't do too much. I can't do, really, like, those are kind of the things that I, I deal with. So it's like, I really want to, and it sounds really great, but practically like, holy cow, I am terrified. So we got to, like, when I was a kid, my aunt used to take me to, uh, and my cousins to the aquatic center and there's the high dive, right? I'm the girl who walked all the way up to the high dive, like seven times and turned around and climbed back down. That is me. Like, I really want to, but it's way too freaking scary. And I don't know that I can do that. So that's me. (laughs) So fast forward to just a couple years ago, when I was rock climbing for the first time, I was so excited. We got there, we did all the fun stuff, like getting suited up and, you know, getting your fun chalk bag that you dip your hands in and it's kind of fun to play with. And then we actually had to start climbing. I was like, this is so fun until I got like five, five rocks high. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I can't do this. This is terrifying. Are you kidding me? what do I do now? I'm never going to get to the top. This is going to be a long three hours. So I kind of went back and forth and there was this just war happening in my head. It was kind of the funniest thing. Of It's just, it's so simple, right? And it's such a small thing because rock climbing is not going to make or break your life unless that's kind of your thing, but it's not my thing. So it's just something fun I wanted to do. But I like to use this as an example because it is a smaller thing. And because it's so representative of the larger things that we typically miss because they're they're not as, you don't see it played out in front of you in two hours. 
So my whole thing, right? I went back and forth with this. Do I go up? Do I not go up? Do I just do I just quit? Should I just be done to just watch my friends rock climb? Like, I don't know that I can do this. And so one time that I was going up the wall, I just decided that I was going to look at the next the next rock in front of me. And if I could do it, uh, you know, if I could hang on to it, then then that was great. And I would move on to the next one and kind of take it one rock at a time. And then I got up to the top. And I remember you guys almost actually passing out. It sounds so dumb. <laughs> it's not even that high. But I have been so afraid of heights forever. And I just totally didn't think I could do it. That by the time that I was there, I, I was probably five rocks from the top. And I looked down and I was like, oh my gosh, this is terrifying. What am I doing? Why did I think I could do this? This is horrible. I can't get down. I'm panicking. And the only way that I had to go, because I didn't feel confident and I was, I didn't feel confident going down because that's terrifying. But I also was so determined to get to the top. And so I just said, screw this. I'm going to look at the next five in front of me. And I actually felt like I was going to pass out. It was the weirdest thing. I was like, why is this so serious? What's happening here? But what it showed me is that I get like that every time I'm close to doing something that is absolutely terrifying for me. That is my reaction to fear is, oh, I don't really want to do that. Let's not touch it. I don't think so. Mm, I should probably not. That doesn't seem like that would be a good idea for me. But if I look at the next steps in front of me, I'm able to make progress. And then you get so close to the top or you get so close to your goal that it's like, shoot, that's the crux, right? That's the moment where you have the decision of do I continue or do I stop and go backwards and yet again, not hit the goal that I'm here to here to hit. And so it's scary. Anybody else with me on that one? Like getting so close to something and, and maybe you have kind of a more silly example like I do. But maybe it's a bigger example where you're like, oh, I press send on that email and I just about passed out <laughs> or I, uh, you know, I sent in that resume or I did this, this interview. I don't know why they're all job related, but here we are. And I didn't really even know what to do. Like I, it was an out of body experience almost, which is so crazy. But moral of the story here is that I know what it feels like. And I know that we all know what it feels like to do something that you're so scared of, but to do it anyways. And I have drawn on that experience so many times, probably more than it's worth. Like it was just a $60 four hour pass to go, uh, to go rock climbing. But it reminds me every time that I can do things that I'm afraid of. Because that's so tangible, right? Like it's just, it's obvious in my face. I know that I don't love heights. I know that that was scary. And so it's it's representative of some larger things in my life that maybe I don't realize that I'm afraid of. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about that here in just a couple minutes. But really just think about that today. Is there something in your life that you can compare yours to? Do you have, I guess, what is your, because I think we all have it. What is your rock climbing experience? What is your, I did it anyways, and I didn't even want to think about it. I just, I just put my head down and I looked at the steps in front of me. And before I knew it, I was there. If you haven't had that yet, you will have that. And this could be your time. Yes. So if you said yes to any of the, the five self-sabotaging questions, again, getting close to my goal and losing steam, just justifying excessive, not justified, actually excessive, right? Where it's like, okay, I've done this for five times in a row, or I have been putting off, you know, I, I took a rest day five times in a row. Like, well, I'm pretty, pretty rested at this point. Like I don't actually need more rest days, but here we are. Or do I just feel like passing out when I can imagine my life when I meet my goal, procrastinating on things that you need to do for no reason, or finding reasons to not do what I need to be doing. So if you said yes to any of the five, you're probably self-sabotaging. And again, welcome to the 99%. <laughs> 
So let's talk about how to stop your self-sabotage. There are eight steps. And of course, we'll dig into them a little bit uh, in it after I give you the eight steps. But first of all, what they are in order. Number one, understand what's driving it. Number two, identify your triggers for self-sabotage. Number three, identify the warning signs that you're headed in that direction. Number four, remind yourself that this new thing isn't going to kill you. Very specific, very important. Number five, create and execute your plan for staying the course. Number six, keep revisiting your why for making this change in the first place. Number seven, encourage yourself by dreaming of what in your life changes when you hit the goal you're going for. Number eight, take guided action without stopping to overthink every step. So as you always do, let's dive into these. Number one is, again, understand what's driving it. This is so super duper important. This is step one for a reason. You may have to dig deep here. Remember my example from the limiting beliefs episode where I realized I was self-sabotaging out of fear? Yeah, that's huge. When you know what's driving it, you can work through it logically. It's honestly the dumbest thing that causes us to self-sabotage at times. When we can pull it out of the closet and actually look at it, things tend to not be quite so scary. This doesn't really change anything, but it does fully allow us to understand and move on to step two. And I actually heard someone I was listening to on a podcast recently, and I'm not positive, but I think it may have been the Influencer Podcast with Julie Solomon. But she asked if there's any part of us that's afraid, not of the potential failure, but of the potential success. And the answer is a resounding yes, like literally shouted, oh my gosh, yes, in the car. That totally resonated with me. And it was the first time that I actually thought about that. You guys, doing big things is scary. This podcast, totally terrifying. Coaching for a living, holy cow. Influencing thousands of women to find their own perfect balance. I actually get dizzy thinking about it. That is not even being dramatic. I'm actually dizzy and I have chills. So what emotions come up for you when you think about getting to where you want to be? Fear about what? The, the success, the failure, what happens when you get to that point, sustaining that, that level of whatever it is. Apprehension, overwhelm, dig into this. Really dig into this and figure out what's going on here. Number two, identify your triggers for self-sabotage. Is it getting five pounds from your goal? Each time you've been doing something for three months, kind of hitting that, that, that time where you fizzle out, is it when you get bored? Is it anytime someone says something negative about your progress or ability to hit your goal? There may be multiple here, but identifying your triggers for self-sabotage means that you'll be able to head it off at the pass before it happens instead of when you're there, which brings you to number three, right? Identify the warning signs that you're headed in that direction. Losing my drive for the gym or wanting to eat out more than usual are two big ones for me with my fitness. And then things like, oh, I just want to watch TV or I just want to relax. Like I just need a little bit of downtime. Those are my warning signs that I'm headed in the wrong direction in terms of just like some bigger business things that I want to do. It's so easy to do nothing. Let me tell you, the status quo is so much easier to keep. It's so much easier to watch The Office for nine full seasons <laughs> than to do anything else, which is actually what's been happening in my house. So it's amazing. I forgot how much I love that show. But hey, super not helpful. Getting off on a tangent. Don't do that. It's not helpful. <laughs> Number four is to remind yourself that this new thing isn't going to kill you. Scary is one thing, but scary does not equal dangerous in this day and age, usually usually. Number five, create and execute your plan for staying the course. Who will talk to you when things get really tough? 
Who will you talk to when things get really tough? Who will you rely on to pull through the last few steps? How will you stay strong and make sure you're on track and doing what you need to be? It is absolutely the toughest right before you get to where you want to be. The resistance is completely proportional to how close you are to where you want to be. So lean into it. Keep in mind that scared is okay. It is not okay to use it as a reason to never achieve your biggest goals and the things that are most important to you. So being scared is okay. Using that as a reason to never get to where you need to be, not okay. And I say that out of so much love. But I know that you are capable for so much more than what you're doing right now if you're feeling stuck and unmotivated and frustrated and just small. Yes. And I said this uh, a couple minutes ago, but I have a lot of fear in my life, which I'm working on outside. But man, oh man, does it get bad when I'm trying to do something big. You guys, I've got huge plans for this podcast and my message. I am aiming to reach hundreds of thousands of women, and I'm not really going to be satisfied until every single woman, man, and child understands that health doesn't have to be so complicated. Thank you for supporting me as this baby podcast gets off the ground. Um, but as a, as a kind of a real life thing, I've had to ask my husband countless times already. We're on episode 23, to be clear, countless times already to help me stay the course because this ish is terrifying and I want to self-sabotage every day, but I can't because this matters. This matters so much, more than anything I've ever done in my life, which leads me to this next point. Number six, keep revisiting your why for making this change in the first place. Zero people benefit by you staying where you're at and not pursuing more in your life. The world gains from your boldness. Whatever your goal is, it changes the way you show up in the world. Connecting back to your why consistently helps keep you grounded and thinking big picture. Number seven, encourage yourself by dreaming of what in your life changes when you hit the goal you're going for. I think about this all the time and I want you to think about this all the time. The more often, the better. Think about the great things that will happen, not just the scary parts, which are so easy to think about and to focus on. Think about why it will pay off and, and what really honestly what you have to gain and how things can change for the better. Number eight is to take guided action without stopping to overthink every step. There is always something to overthink. And if you let it, it will be the source of death for every single dream you have. No one knows what the heck they're doing the first time they do anything, especially when there's no evidence that you're able to do what you set out to do. Lay out your plan, then charge ahead with it and say yes to the things that you need to say yes to without thinking about it forever. Decide ahead of time that you need to do it so that you can be prepared to make a swift decision when the opportunity presents itself. All in that situation you need to do is say yes, because you've already made the choice ahead of time. You just need to verbalize that choice. Guys, this is so important. Self-sabotage, like I've said a million times already, has the power to stop you dead in your tracks. And that is not fun. And nobody benefits from you staying where you're at. If you have a goal, if you're feeling like you need more or like you want more or that you're capable of more, you are and you can have it and it can be yours, but it is not going to come easy. It is going to come at a cost and it is going to be scary and it's probably not going to be super fun, but it will for sure be worth it. And if you go back to these eight steps and consistently think about them, I'll say them again, this can help you. Number one, understand what is driving your self-sabotage. This is very likely an emotion. And as we learned last week, emotions do not have the power to kill us. They're super uncomfortable for sure, but they do not have the power to kill us. Understand what's driving it. Number two, identify your triggers for self-sabotage. Number three, identify the warning signs that you're headed in that direction. 
Number four, remind yourself that this new thing isn't going to kill you. Number five, create and execute your plan for staying the course. Number six, keep revisiting your why for making this change in the first place. Number seven, encourage yourself by dreaming of what in your life changes when you hit the goal you're looking for. And eight is to take guided action without stopping to overthink every step. Now, I want to do what I did a couple weeks ago, and I want to offer um, those questions with some some dead air in between for you guys to actually think about it, because I know so many of you, I, get, I keep getting feedback. I'm in the car. I would love to do this, but then by the time I get to work, I forget, or I just want to do it kind of in real time. So I want to give you some time in after our episode today to really marinate on this stuff and think about it so that you have the time kind of carved out. You're already here. You're already listening. So I want to give you a little bit of time carved out for you to do this on your own. And so while this is not going to probably be all the time you need, I am going to give you a, a decent amount of time between these questions. So If you were heading out, that is a wrap. I can't wait to hear what you can do when you understand and account for your self-sabotaging nature that we all have. So it's not a, it's not a flaw. It is actually a protection that we have for ourselves, but you can do this even if it feels like you can't. So thanks, babe. For those of you that are staying on to answer these eight questions for yourself, get ready, get in the, the right mindset and we'll jump into these here. So number one, what is driving your self sabotage? If it's fear about what? Number two, what are your triggers for self-sabotage? Number three, what are your warning signs that you're headed in that direction? I.e. actually acting on the self-sabotage as opposed to just kind of experiencing it. Number four is to remind yourself that this new thing is not going to kill you. So say it with me. This new thing isn't going to kill me. Number five, create and execute your plan for staying the course. This is probably going to take more than just 10 seconds or so, but I want you to think about a time today. Maybe it's even specifically as soon as you park your car or on your lunch break. When specifically today do you have time to create your plan for staying the course? And if you have time now, go ahead and pause this and work through this specifically. Number six, why is this important? Why are you making this change in the first place? Number seven, what in your life changes when you hit the goal that you're going for? Number eight, 
And number eight here is to take guided action without stopping to overthink every step. And since this is more of a directive instead of a question, I want to know who will you ask for accountability? Who will you ask for support when you're feeling like self-sabotaging? And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for your time, your ears, your thoughts, especially staying after for the last couple minutes here where we can really just dig deep into this stuff. If you like this, I will continue to do this. Of course, it's just kind of always an added thing. I'll have it at the end if you want to work through this. But I know so many of us are driving. That's typically when I listen to my podcast is when I'm doing something instead of actually just like, I, I don't think I've ever listened to a podcast where I'm sitting down doing nothing. Um, I don't ever think I sit down and do nothing. So <laughs> there's that as well. But thank you again for your time, for your ears, for listening. Please, 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 if you like my show, rate, review, subscribe, send it to a friend. Who needs to hear this? Who in your life is also going for a big goal that they tend to sabotage themselves on? They need to hear it. Tap the little share button, copy the link, send it to them so they can get this amazing information as well. And I will see you next week. Thanks, babe. That's all we've got for our episode today. Thank you for listening. Rate and subscribe so you don't miss a beat. Remember that new episodes and the blog posts that go with them drop every Monday to start your week off right. You can find me on Instagram at The Balanced Body and my blog is balancedbodyblog.co. Want to work with me? head to balancebodyblog.co and click the work with me tab to see if we're a good fit. And finally, any comments, requests, or ideas on who I should interview on the show, send them to me via email or Instagram, and I'm happy, more than happy to add them to my list. Thank you again and have a beautiful week.